This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome along to the Rocky Road Boxing Podcast with me, your host, Kevin Byrne. Today's guest is on a journey which epitomizes the name that we picked for our show. No boxer gets to the top without a few bumps along the way. Some have more than others. And it's most certainly been a rocky road for Dublin fighter Keen McMahon. Elements of his story feature loss, addiction and despair. But it's also a tale of humor, perseverance and triumph. Had you told him a few years ago that his 10th professional contest would take place at Madison Square Garden? He might have laughed at you, but deep down, he had to have known it was possible too. Sure, why, why else would you bother? So a warm welcome today to Keen McMahon. I hope you're as hard to pin down in the ring as you have him for this call. My fault, <laughs> my fault mainly. That's yeah, no, it's, it's just been mad, obviously, sorting out everything for America and stuff. And the American Commission are very strict, so I sort of have to get everything, you know, I'm quite laid back and lackadaisy, so I sort of leaving everything to the last minute, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, thankfully now everything's sorted and we got on. Yeah, yeah, it's been a hectic week. I'm sure getting ready for the uh, like, let alone just getting into the country to, to you know to perform as a professional athlete in America can be tough. I, I know from talking to the lads at the Celtic Warriors gym, it's always seems like really stressful every time. And you've got a big challenge in the ring as well because you're fighting a guy called J.A. Brown, ten and zero, eight knockouts, some challenge. Yeah, it's a challenge, but this is what you're in the game for. You're in the B challenge. Um, I don't, to be honest with you, I don't feel he's the best fighter I've been in with, even though he is 10 and 0. Um, I feel he, look, it's, it's a challenge because I'm going up in weight as well, but I feel I've, I've, I've got all the tools to beat him and I'm looking forward to the fight and I'm looking forward to the challenge. So, yeah, bring it on. So, what are you on up in weight to? Is it, is it light middleweight you're fighting or is it? Yeah, super welter. So, yeah, light middle. Well, it's not, it's not that much of a jump. I mean, I walk around 74, 75 kilos anyway. So, the only good thing is that it's not going to be a big weight cut, so I'll be nice and I'll be nice and full and ready to go. Yeah. So as I said in the intro there, like a couple of years ago, could you have seen yourself making it as far as uh, Madison Square Garden? The fame, like we've heard all about the garden in recent weeks. You know, Katie Taylor headlining there against Amanda Serrano. All this talk that it's the mecca of boxing, all the famous old stories about Muhammad Ali, Joe Fraser coming out of the woodwork. Everything you know is being talked about this venue. Suddenly, you find yourself on a card there, headlined by. An absolute humdinger of a fight as well. Mm-hmm. Joe Smith Jr. against Artur Baturbiev, the Russian. And uh, but a couple of years ago, could you have seen yourself in a position like this? Absolutely not. Um, I think 
couple of years ago, it was a, a bit of a lost cause. Um, you know, and I didn't hold, I didn't hold myself accountable for anything I was doing. I was just, I suppose, immaturity and and you know, addiction and stuff like that. Um, I just. I don't know. It's just, it's just a fucking waste. That, to be honest with you, and I was wasting um, people's time and a lot of the time that people put into me um, was 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 gone to waste. But since having my son and since you know evaluating my life and obviously have a great girlfriend who 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 helps me with these things as well, and I can talk to people and I have a good network of friends and stuff. So I was able to just do the work on myself and uh, come out the other side of it. Thank God, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Keen, you come from. Um Dublin's north inner city, Ballybock, um, and you know from where you come, where you come from, like a mile here, a mile there. There's so many famous athletes have come from there, like Paddy Mordio, footballer Curtis Fleming. I'm sure up the road, there's Jack Byrne, Wes Hoolan. Recently, mm. we've seen all the success for Kelly Harrington, Emma Brennan, Troy Parrott leading the line for Ireland up front. Mm-hmm. And uh, tell us about tell us about growing up in Ballybock. To be honest with you, mate, I'm going to stop you there. I didn't actually grow up in Ballybuck. That was oh, just where the gym was. I grew up in the markets area, in the northern right. city. So uh, I would have grown up around near Smithfield and, uh, you know, Greek Street and Chantry House, all that area. Not too right. far from Ballybuck. But uh, I grew up there. But I, then again, I know everyone from Ballybuck as well. I, I'm, I, I'm, I actually know Jack Bourne really well. So from being in the gym, and um, my old amateur coach Richie Fox, he he set his gym up in Ballybock, and uh, that was just the premises that we had, and we, we boxed there for a number of years. Yeah, ah, very good. Yeah, we see Jack. We see Jack Byrne like he's obviously progressed a long way. You know, going from from Man City back to Rovers, uh, best player in the league probably. Are you a fan of football? Yeah, I'm a massive fan of football. Yeah, I'm a, unfortunately I'm a Manchester United fan, so <laughs> it's a uh, it's a it's it's a hard point to be you know a part of, but. Yeah, I'm a massive fan of football player when I was younger as well. And uh, yeah, it's great to see players like Jack and Troy uh Troy and for Ireland, you know what I mean? And obviously local lads as well. Were you playing were you playing a bit of football as a kid? Yeah, I play, I wasn't brilliant now. I played for a, lot, a couple of local teams, um, St. Anthony's boys and stuff, but uh, I only played up until I was around 14, so and then I stopped. And uh, you got into boxing quite young. Is your granddad was an influence there? Yeah, my granddad got me started in boxing when I was nine. Um Obviously knew knew um, he trained out really well and uh, was a massive boxing fan himself. Um, I used to I used to be watching fights every every weekend. It used to be Friday Friday night boxing on Sky every weekend. So I grew up watching the likes of Michael Gomez and you know uh, all them sort of fighters, the local fighters fighting for British titles and stuff. And then uh, obviously got a, a deeper uh, interest in it. Started watching like the greats like Morales Pereira and all them boys Floyd Mayweather and all and uh, just loved it. Yeah, absolutely. And when it came to the amateurs, like obviously everyone starts off in the amateurs, but for you, was the aim to, you know, go to the Olympic Games one day or was it to be a world professional champion fighting at places like the Garden? Or what was the dream for you as a kid, as a teenager? I'm, I'm, to be honest with you, when I first started off, me and my granddad always thought about just becoming an Irish champion. Um, and I was lucky enough to win six Irish titles. So I was a good amateur and then obviously representing my country and stuff. But uh, yeah, my goal was, was to go to the Olympics, but it didn't materialize and another one of my dreams is actually the fight at Madison Square Garden. So now that that's happening, it's it's mad. Yeah. I see uh, looking over your record there, you beat Dylan Moran in an Irish uh, an Irish yeah. final eleven years ago. He's yeah. doing well himself as a pro. Yeah, Dylan Moran's a gentleman. Him and his dad have a lot of time for uh, 
I actually remember that fight well. Yeah, it was a good fight. Dylan, Dylan was a, a good operator. He always was, and he was, he was always very hard to beat. And uh, yeah, it just got him in an Irish fun. And I was on, I was on really good form at that time. You know what I mean? I was, I was unbeaten for maybe two years when I boxed Dylan. I uh, won an Irish title previous to that as well. And yeah, Dylan's a top lad, and a lot of time for Dylan. Yeah. Yeah, and, and your area in North Inner City has thrown up a lot of good boxers over the last few years. Like I, I was mentioning yeah. some of the sports stars at the start of the show, and I like I, you know, even of the boxers, there's Craig O'Brien, Anthony Fitzgerald. Uh, recently, mm. we saw Emma Brennan, but then Kelly Harrington winning go, winning gold at the uh, Olympics there a few uh, back last August. What did that do for uh, What did that do for the people? Um, it, it gave us a tremendous lift. I mean, I've known Kelly Harrington for years, for years, um, in the same gym as her, and it was just. But her trying to live a gold medal, I mean, it's just, it's crazy because she's such an approachable person, and but she's a superstar as well. Um, and it's, it, I, was, I was so happy, you know what I mean? I actually put up a, a thing on my social media of a message she sent me I, when I lost in an Irish final, and she, just, she was just like reassuring me that I was going to get back to a high level, and I did. And yeah, she's, she's a wonderful human. She's a, just a great human being, and so happy for her and then obviously Emma I'm, I know Emma really well as well um, would have been on nights out and stuff with Emma like um, he, he's a gentleman and it's great to see the success uh, the inner city boys are having mm, absolutely um, I remember you, I remember you made your debut at the National Stadium a few years ago and uh, you came across very well you obviously have an impressive stature very tall for a, for a welterweight mm. and it performed well on the night as well what, what were your hopes and dreams starting off as a professional well, I think when you start, you just you just kind of want to rack up wins, and yeah. Um, yeah, so it's just basically about getting getting a decent record and um, getting the wins. I, I obviously want to, I would have liked to fight for an Irish title, but to be honest, which at the time there wasn't really many willing people that wanted to fight me, um, and a lot of these all Irish fights weren't happening for whatever reason. So we had to travel to Scotland to get to get uh, some sort of title shot. You know what I mean? But uh, right, yeah. I suppose I suppose initially it was just to to, to get wins up and then obviously hopefully pick up a few belts along the way. But the main thing for me was just being involved in big, big fights and big, big occasions, basically. So yeah. Yeah. Where did you get the nickname, The Iceman? Yeah, it's a funny one that actually, um, I actually watched the film. Uh, it's called The Iceman and it's about this fella. He was a hitman for the mafia. I would always be talking about the film, you know, on nights out and stuff. And then one of my friends just out of nowhere says, The Iceman. And then, it just looks yeah. I'll, I'll keep that one. I think I've seen it. I think I've seen it. Yeah, my mate Andy was recommending it yeah. to me for years before I did get to watch it. I was um, obsessed with it, man. It was a fucking great film. Like. <laughs> Fair enough, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm obsessed with the new Top Gun and there's a there's an Iceman in that too. So it's a, it's yeah, a yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Keen, like your, your story, we've something we've something similar uh, in, with something in common. Our mothers were, were both called Teresa. They both died young when we were in our teenage years. Wow, yeah. How how much did it affect you? You were younger than I. I was nineteen when my man passed away. You were only thirteen, I think. Yeah, thirteen. Yeah, yeah. Look, it, it affects me. It affects everyone different. I think um, I had a, had a had a great relationship with me. Ma. she was she was more like my friend. You know what I mean? Um, she she was just uh, she was an amazing person. And obviously, I was just starting to really. I think them years are pivotal when you just start to really build a relationship. And you're coming into you're coming into you know your teenage years and stuff. And my mom was just very very unlucky. You know what I mean? She got a, a rare heart disease, and and she just she just didn't get a chance. You know what I mean? And it, it was it was heartbreaking for everybody because everyone that I know that knew me would have has such great things to say about her. Like you know, 
the random people would stop me on the street and say, I knew your ma really well. She was she was great. She was funny. She was you no know, hard to goal. And I just think some of the values that my ma taught me, I tried to I tried to bring into other people as well. And I tried to be warm to people if I can because you never know when you're gonna go. You know what I mean? And she was yeah. totally free when she died. And I mean, I'm five years I'm five years younger than that now, and it's it's just crazy to think that like you know such a, a young woman uh, can be gone. But yeah, it was it was obviously hard, but. I had good people around me, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, but at the age of 13, like what sort of effect does it have on you? Had you had you started secondary school or were you just about to? Or uh, uh, Yeah, I just started first year. Um, oh, it's a terrible time. It's a, yeah, it was you're already school. undergoing a lot of adjustment. Where did you go to school? I went to uh, St. Paul CBS in Brunswick Street. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was hard. But then again, like I said, um, my grandfather was a huge, a huge... Uh, Huge strength for me, you know what I mean. I mean, I mean, my grandmother as well was was such a strong woman, and and pretty much did everything for me, you know what I mean. Um, I can't actually thank I can't thank them enough for what they did for me and how they helped me as a how they helped me develop as a person because it's as you said it's it's hard to go through that, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, and I know myself. I was nineteen, and you know, I went a bit mad for a while, for a couple of years. Um, misbehaving and I'm sure I don't know how how it worked for you at 13 I felt like it gave me strength from having been through it but at the same time when I look back at some of the lessons I did or didn't learn I probably didn't grieve properly didn't talk about it enough absolutely um, it's the same for me um, I think that's why further on down the line I, I started to fucking deteriorate you know what I mean because I didn't I didn't deal with it properly at the time is that um, did there was boxing any solace at the age of 13 or did you did you kind of fall away yeah. from it did you get more into it did it help did it, did it hinder yeah well then again it's another it's another uh, credit to me Brandon. He, he made sure I kept going to the gym you know what I mean he, he, he made sure he knew early that I was good and he made sure I kept going to the gym and I was like I'm not going to the blade gym like, but kept me in the gym and kept was on to me trainer all the time about keeping me in the gym and um, I suppose when you're young just, you have other distractions as well like you want to be going out with your friends and stuff but uh yeah, I just I just started to really take boxing serious at that time. I was, I was boxing for Ireland at the time and stuff. And yeah, I suppose boxing did save me at that at that particular time. Yeah, because yeah, I suppose you be you go through something like that, and you can kind of sometimes feel a little bit unbreakable for a while. I know I did feel a bit unbreakable. Probably leads to reckless behaviour because you feel that you know I can take anything. I've been through a lot, but yeah, you look back at it then and you wonder how did I go through it and stuff like that. Uh, Keen, you've done a lot of pieces. You've done a few pieces with a friend of mine, Eamon Carr from um, from Even Herald, Irish Independent and stuff like that, a gentleman. And you've kind of done some great interviews with him over the years and told him about some dark places. I remember a few years ago after you'd made your debut, we were familiar, as familiar with you had been at your first fight. And uh, I remember seeing up on Facebook a relation of yours that said that Keen has gone missing. Mm. And... I guess I'm not sure what we were supposed to. I'm not sure what we thought about it, but what's happening? And I've seen, you know, afterwards you did pieces with the 42 as well, own Luke O'Callaghan. And can you just shed some light on, on on what happened to you and what what you were going through at the time? Oh, to be honest with you, mate, um, wherever it was going, I don't, I can't actually pin what was going on with me. Like I was using, I was using the bookies as an escape, but I don't think gambling was the problem. I think I had other things going on and that was just where I was putting on my energy because in there you're away from everything. You don't have to face your problems. Um, so I don't know. It's obviously just 
it's just you know just life just life getting in the way and the pressures of like just like like not having me mother around um and just I felt like I was I was getting to an age where I was 23, 24 at the time and I, I didn't achieve anything. I was like, what am I doing? Is the boxing really going to go anywhere? And I was just looking, I was looking for a scan. and I just needed a voice that I wasn't getting at the time. Um, it's just, just, being, just being stupid, to be honest with you. I'm not, not asking for the right help. I had good people around me, but I wasn't asking for help. You know what I mean? I was just trying to hold up everything on my own and um, yeah, just, just being stupid, I suppose, yeah. Did those closest to you or did, did anyone know that you had a bit of a gambling issue? Because I think there was a story that you'd mm. collected the ticket money for one of your fights, 600 quid, and then ended up in the bookies and was all gone in a puff of smoke. Yeah. It was just gone in the blink of an eye. Yeah. Well, I think people knew I was fond of, fond of a bit, you know what I mean? But yeah. um, I think what people didn't know was that I had, I had other issues going on. I was suffering from depression um, and I wasn't from gambling. I was just from, I don't know, just lost grief, you know, a sense of just what am I doing with my life um, and yeah it was just, that just happened to be where I was putting my energy into do you know what I mean like yeah. now now that now that I'm past all that I don't feel I just put all my energy into my son and my missus and boxing do you know what I mean That's, I just I didn't have a clear a clear um, vision of what I wanted to do yeah but you'd plotted your escape route you'd planned to commit suicide I think yeah said- well, yeah um, yeah, it's, I, I just didn't feel, I just didn't think that was a, a way out. I, didn't, I couldn't escape my own head. Um, well, I know, then, I know, it probably jolted you back into reality. You walked all night and you ended up in Mead. Yeah, and he said, "This is enough of this now." Yeah, well, but yeah, I had I took my phone off and had people ringing me, and it was just, it was just there. Uh, I felt like, I'd, like obviously the money was gone, and I was like, "Wait, what do I do now? How do I, how do I go back and explain this?" I mean, I'm fighting in a couple of days. You know, me, me nanny was worried about me. Everyone else was worried about me. Um, and to be honest, I was just, I was just cowering away from, from telling people, you know, I have problems. Can you help me? <laughs> I just, I was trying to be macho about everything and, and, and yeah. run away. Um, so yeah, my only, the only thing I could do at the time was just walk and I just kept walking and kept walking and then looked up and there was a fucking sign there saying me and I was like holy jays <laughs> I was like right I bet I walk back now <laughs> um, <laughs> the point of no return <laughs> yeah I, was like, okay, I think it's time to yeah. go back now and, and maybe uh, maybe get this sorted but uh, even when I went back I was hiding there was, a, there was a house in my flats and I knew the windows open there was actually a fellow I know who lived in the house but I knew that his window was broke so I jumped in the window <laughs> and I stayed there all night and then someone came in the next day and filmed me so Thank God. Yeah, um, and that that was that was your rock bottom, I suppose. Yeah, I don't think I'm ever gonna be there again. You, you never know, you know what I mean. Um, that was that was definitely my rock bottom. Yeah. So, for anyone listening uh, who's you know maybe struggling or suffering, you you managed to turn it around. Like your next fight, you're fighting at Madison Square Garden in a, yeah. in a you know Saturday week. It's it's outrageous, mm-hmm. and you've turned it around from a low point to a How did you do it? Um, well, I had help. I had help off people around me. Um, but I think the big, the biggest thing that I did was start holding myself accountable for what I was doing. You know, um, with the gambling stuff. If I, to be honest with you, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna bullshit. I gambled after that as well. Um, but I wasn't to the extent where I was fucking 
ruining relationships around me and stuff. You know what I mean? I just held myself accountable and just said, "Right, I need it. I'm, I'm the master of what I want to do, and I need to hold myself accountable." And I wasn't looking for excuses, and I wasn't looking for anyone to get me out of trouble. I just done the work myself, and and yeah, basically just put all my time into becoming a better person, and then eventually. I, I just picked up things along the way and that helped me to cope, yeah. You get uh, counselling, therapy, uh, 12 steps, yeah. recovery, that, what sort of stuff did you do? Yeah, like, uh, yeah I did. I went I went to counselling and all, but the whole 12 steps thing, I just, no, I just, I just done that myself because I knew what the problem was. I knew it was me. Do you know what I mean? I knew, I, I didn't, uh, I, I, I did do that at the start, but then I was like, I could do it myself anyway. I know, I know it's probably what people want to hear, but I was like, I had the I had the power over me me mind now and now I know what to do, but obviously yeah, counselling helped and just yeah man, just just not making excuses for myself and just on the walk in and and yeah, just trying to become has, better person. Has surviving that made you a steelier fighter? It's made me a steelier person because mm-hmm. I've I've always been tough in the ring. I've always I've, I've a granite chin. I'm tough and I'm there to fight all the time and. So yeah, it made me a steelier, a steelier person. I'll never, I'll never quit in the ring, you know, on my own accord. They'll have to, they'll have to stop me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Keen, you're only 27. You know, you've nine, nine, nine fights, seven wins, two losses. Uh, and the two losses were up at a high level. And uh, I'm sure it's kind of win or learn mantra at that stage. Mm-hmm. Um, tell the people who are listening why they should be excited about what's to come from you. <sighs> Because I haven't, I haven't reached me potential yet. I haven't even scraped the surface. I mean, you look at my record and you say, well, he's, he's lost two fights yet. But take into account, the, okay, the first loss, we forced, we forced uh, a weight trip fighting a local lad. I did the weight wrong. I did the weight horrible. Um, and that was a close fight. That was a very, very close fight against a good fighter. A fight that I think if I had now, I'd win. But obviously, I'm not going to. I'm not gonna speculate, but I would fancy myself to win that fight if it happened yeah. again. Scotland's Dean Sutherland for the Celtic welterweight title, just for anyone who's wondering. Yeah, it was yeah. it was an absolute war, and it was a pleasure to be involved in a fight like that. Um, and I wish Dean all the best. He's he's a top operator, but yeah, obviously, I'm not gonna make excuses. That fight I lost, and that's it. And then obviously I had a surgery on my nose, so I was out for almost. I actually got two surgeries on my nose. Got really fat, out of shape, and then I was out for two years, and then I come back and I fought a killer on Belgium. Messaudi, yeah, in Brussels. Yeah, so. But that, I think, I think as well, it just it just comes back to it just comes back to me mentality. You know, if, if I believe we can do something, I'm, I'm gonna try and do it, and that's it. What happened to nose? Yeah, it actually happened sparring um, with Killian Killian Reard, and I used to train in my gym. So uh, this is actually how I made the connection with Stephen. O'Rourke. Um, so we went up to spar Killian and uh, we, we we were sparring and then he caught me a little short up a cut in the fourth round. But I just kept sparring and I didn't think I, I didn't think anything of it so we did the six rounds and then I looked at myself in the mirror and my missus was like what's the story with your nose? I was like what do you mean? I thought she was slagging me and I uh, just looked at my nose was bleeding off the other side of my face. So I was like I think my nose is broke and uh yeah, so basically went to the um went to the doctor and he said I had a nasal bone fracture. Then they so they they done the nasal bone manipulation, but then one of the airwaves was blocked. But he had to do another surgery to fix that. So uh, it's uh 
it's definitely like these these injuries like they sound like kind of you know happens to a rugby player and like speak of Killian Reardon like you know he's involved in the SNC with rugby teams was with Leinster yeah. and stuff. I think is he in England now? I think uh, Killian. Yeah, what? I think he was he was getting married, so that's why he stuck there. I think but I don't know what he I haven't talked to him in a while now. Yeah. A rugby player gets an injury like that on the field, and the team takes care of it. You know, the medical department looks after it, and uh, he take, takes his time on the on the sidelines, gets his wages, and returns to returns to action when he's ready. Whereas with a boxer, that's it. You know, you pay for the surgery, you yeah. sit on the you sit on the sidelines, and you don't earn until you're back fit again. So, and should, like you say, then put on weight and you're out of action for two years is that kind of yeah. the way it went for you yeah well I was actually supposed to fight in Belfast I think two weeks after that um, which is why I was sparring um, so yeah and I was just like fuck this I was like I'm not coming off a loss I just want things to run smoothly um, and then obviously broke me nose so I was like fuck this and then after that I was just obviously got me girlfriend and stuff and got fat and then obviously she got pregnant and had the baby on the way and everything just sort of piled up and then before I knew I looked on the, on the scales and it was 96 kilos I was like what's going on here it was like I had to get back in the gym well that's that's fatherhood as a, as a parent unfortunately the last year how's, how's it going for you the, the boy is two yeah he's two yeah he's flying around now man he's full of beans um I'd like to say that he's going to go into boxing, but I'd love him to play football. Hopefully, hopefully he, he seems to he seems to have an interest in football and stuff like that. So, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, okay. Um, this card you're on, the main event, Joe Smith Jr. against Artur Berturbiev. Are, are you yeah. looking forward to finishing up your fight and getting out to watch it, getting a nice um, seat and uh, checking oh, out what, what a fight it's going to be? Hey, I'm buzzing for that fight. Um, Artur Berturbiev is just a savage, man. He just comes out and he just looks to hold people. Um, He's a, he's he's one of my one of my favorite fighters to watch. He's just all action. But then again, Joe Smith, man, he's 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 literally like a fucking real life lock, like a Rocky story. Like I just when I look at him, I just see underdog. But he always seems to hold something out of the bag. Um, it's gonna be a war, and I know I know from talking to a couple of the Americans and stuff, Joe Smith is up for this. So this is gonna be an incredible fight, yeah. Yeah, we had Joe on the podcast there last year and he was telling us about, you know, coming up, he was always a puncher and he had a, he had a definitely a padded, protected record, but he's been in the big leagues now for a couple of years and yeah. he's doing quite well. Like, I mean, his, his loss to Bivol is looking better, you know, as the weeks go by, we, we see what Bivol did with Canelo. So, yeah. you know, he, he, there was an, there was a perception that he didn't really perform against Bivol and maybe it's true, but at the same time now, it does look a lot better. Yeah, I think Bivol, Bivol has that style, he freezes people. Um, it's not that I don't think it's that Joe performed badly. I think it's that Bivol makes people perform badly with his style and he's busy and he's, he's great at uh, judging distance and stuff. And he just makes you fall short all the time. So you always look like you're, you're trying to force the actions. You know what I mean? And that's how good Bivol is. But yeah, Joe Smith has been in an amazing fight. You know what I mean? Not, he knocked out one of my favorite fighters of all time, Bernard Hopkins. Like, He's he's been in there with some 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 good operators, you know what I mean? Yeah, put him out of the ropes, didn't he? Yeah, he smashed them up, yeah. Uh who, who's traveling over to you to the States? And have you been yeah. to the States before to, to any boxing matches? Uh no, I've never been there as a boxer, but I we went to uh, Springfield, Massachusetts a good few years ago with my youth club. We actually went off to play basketball. <laughs> but uh yeah, so I've never been there. But um obviously Tony is fighting, Tony Brown is fighting on the Saturday in Long Island. I'm gonna go and support him, uh, and then Ryan is coming, Turner Bradley, obviously the gaffer, and then I have a media guy from uh, Manchester, Johnny Rashman, 
was coming over with me. And then my brother is coming over. Have some friends in the, in New York that are gonna come down and watch. And then I have a couple of family members shadowing over. So that's great. That's great. So you're all on tour. I'd say there's a bit of excitement, all right. Ah, yeah, buzzing for it, man. So you're, not, you're not gonna get these opportunities. Like, these opportunities come once in a lifetime, especially where I'm from. Nobody fights in Madison Square Garden, you know what I mean? It's just I'll have that sort of cold stars around town now for the rest of my life. That's it. Like, uh, you, you'd be strolling around, people would be stopping you. I don't know if you saw, um, there was a piece David Snade wrote last year before the FAI Cup finals about Chris Forrester walking around town. And another, people... fe- another fellow I grew up with, now really well. He yeah. used to hang around with him. <laughs> That's and, mad, yeah. And he was just walking around town before the FAI Cup final, people coming up and stopping him. And it was, it was, uh, it was one, of the, one of the Bose players was with him. And they did a joint interview, but I can't remember the name of the Bose player. It was Keith Ward, was it? Uh, Bucco, was it? Book, yeah, it must have been Bucco, yeah. Yeah, Keith Bucco, probably. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you're you, you're walking around town now and are people stopping you, kind of asking you about the fight at the garden? Yeah, mate. I literally was walking. <laughs> I was actually, I went to get a, um, an antigen today, an antigen test, and I was coming home with missus and this fellow was out. He was working for the corporation. He was out sweeping the road. And he's like, can you know, best to look at Madison Square Garden. I was like, nice one, pal. I've <laughs> never seen him before in my life. Absolutely. And uh, what does it what does it mean to your family, like uh, the, the people you have left? Because you've you've had so much loss. You lost your after your mom died, I believe. Your granny was influential in raising you, and you, you lost her a couple of years ago as well. Yeah, yeah. Now that was that was probably one of the biggest heartbreaks I've ever had, to be honest with you. Um, and I'll, I'll obviously lost me me ma when I was young, and obviously me, me nanny was was my life. You know what I mean? Every day I'd see her, and she gave me a great lift and motivated me and stuff. And yeah, that was that was really hard to overcome. But then again, I had great people. I had a great girlfriend who who looked after me, um, a lot of family members and stuff. Who who just who helped me with everything and good friends and stuff. But uh, you know that was really hard. But um, yeah, I suppose just having the right people around me, they're buzzing for me. You know what I mean? This is like this is literally my dream. Like I've always said this, and this is not. I'm not just saying it now because it's happening. This has always been my dream to fight Madison Square Garden. Like I could. I could fight her and retire them tomorrow. Like that's how happy I am to be here. You know what I mean? So everyone is just happy for me. Yeah, but I hope it's not one of those. Now you're so happy to show up, uh, fight at Madison Square Garden that uh, you leave it in the dressing room. I was just gonna go on to that. Yeah, this is a dream come true. But make no mistake about it. I'm going over here to to beat this guy. I'm not going over here to make up no numbers. You know what I mean? I'm going over here to do a job on him, and then we'll enjoy it after. Well, uh, I doubt he's going to be listening. So tell us, tell us what he's going to be facing uh, against you. Are you prime condition at this stage, or has there been any hiccups in camp? Don't tell me now it's the best camp I've ever had. I've heard no, about it before. I'm not going to say that. Zero <laughs> hiccups. Though. Zero hiccups. I've been looking great in the gym. Um, everyone says this anyway. But I've been looking great in the gym. I've, I've done over. I'd say it's a six round. I'd say I've done fifty five rounds sparring. Like, which is good. And then I'm obviously going to do probably another two spars when I'm in America as well. So I feel great. Um, six rounds will be a doddle for me. I'll, I'll fight at a mad pace. Um, I just think I'm going to be too good for this for this kid. I think I'm going to be too technically good for him. I think if you look at his record, he hasn't fought anybody. He literally hasn't fought anybody. I mean, his best win is against a guy 12 and 3. And I know you could say, oh, well, my best win is against a guy 9 and 7. But I've actually... I've, I've fought top operators and I've done well against them and I've took rounds off them and stuff like that. This fella hasn't fought anybody. He's not going to be, he's going to fight somebody in Madison Square Garden that's going to hit him back and that's going to, it's going to be silky and good job and good, good defense and solid fundamentals. That's something that he hasn't faced before. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. And do you know, is there going to be a, do you th- are you going to make it to TV, do you think? Because it's obviously a good, well-matched competitive fight. Yeah, um, I, I, looked, I looked on um, I looked on some website the other day and it says that I'm on the main card. So I think I think it's Joe Smith, Baterbiev, and then I think Rebasi Ramirez is fighting in the co-main event. Then Wendy Tucson fights against a senior boyfield and then I'm fighting. So I right. think I'll be like fourth last and there's going to be about 10, 10 fights on the bill. So... I might, I might get on that TV spot, yeah. yeah. There's two other Irish lads on the card as well, as far as I know, if they haven't been pulled yet, but I think they're still on, aren't they? Kieran Malloy, Kurt Walker, would you know the lads from, from being around the place? Well, I know Kurt Walker well, yeah. I know him from the Irish team. I'm not that familiar with Kieran Malloy. Um, he's a little bit younger. But uh, yeah, I know I know Kurt Walker really well. Sound fell down, mad as a brush. So. Yeah. Do you think uh, do you think you'll get to see them? I suppose you'll see them like during fight week as well around the different events they have in New York. It'll be good to have. Yeah. I know you're bringing a good crew over, but it'll be decent to have lads around that uh, you know familiar faces and well wishers. Yeah, yeah, I'd look, I'd look forward to seeing them. Hopefully, we'll see them and, and you know have a chat with them and stuff. And, and yeah, it's obviously it's always great to see more Irish, isn't it? Like so, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it'll definitely yeah uh, help get you in the mood. But I don't. It sounds like you don't need much more now than a. Uh, pair of gloves and a ring for this one. You're fired up for this challenge. And uh, look, what a story. Like, because I've been, you know, I've, I was at your uh, debut and a couple of your fights. Like, you've had, you fought six in a row in Ireland in, between 2017 and 2019. Two at the stadium, three at Good Council, one in w, WIT. I think I was at all of them, maybe, Bar. I didn't make it to WIT, but, you know, you, mm. th- those are those are different days. Boxing was small in Dublin. Still is. There's nothing really happening here. And uh, still talk of uh, down the future. A fight, a fight night for Katie Taylor at Crow Park. So that would be a, that's what everybody's going for, isn't it? That's the dream for everyone. And I suppose I'll ask you the same question. Yeah, to get on a show, look, listen, Katie Taylor is one of my heroes. You know what I mean? She's she's an amazing human being, amazing what she's did for for Irish sport in general. Um, an unbelievable, an unbelievable fighter. You know what I mean? But to get on one of her undercards, it'd be magic. It'd be it'd be the icing on the the icing on the cake, so to speak. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, my focus is just on this fight, man. To be honest with you, I'm just looking forward to going out there and delivering a, a special performance, which is what I'm going to need, and uh, it's what what I have planned on, on giving you. Yeah, well, uh, I hope you plan on making as much noise outside of the ring as you do inside the ring, because you'll get yourself noticed over there in America. They they like a talker, an Irish talker. You'll go down sure. well if you get over there. Just so make plenty of noise in fight week, anyway, and uh, let them hear you. Mm-hmm. 100% mate that's what I'm going off to do they won't forget me anyways good man Keen. well that was Keen McMahon today joining us on the Rocky Road Keen, apologies for uh, the to and fro before we got this started but I'm very grateful to you for coming on and having a chat and telling us about uh, the journey to this stage my pleasure mate anytime Thanks from, me, from me to Madison Square Garden what a story <laughs> unbelievable <laughs> good man Keen. Thank you.